Welcome to episode 96 of Auto Off Topic. What's up, Brad? Not much, Andrew. How are you today? I'm good. Excellent. We are back after we were gone. July yeah. holiday. We didn't miss a week, though. No, we did we not. We just recorded earlier in the week, so feels like it's been a while. But instead, we recorded a day early because we figured we'd work on stuff during the day of On 4th July. of July, yep. Because, like, I don't know, it's a good day to work on car stuff. Unless you have, like, a cookout to go to. But um, we did the Raider Breaks, which was pretty cool that we talked about. Yeah, so they're done. Yeah. I mean, it stops. Well. The Raider finally breaks. The Raider breaks all the time, but now it stops as well. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is good because, you know, it never really has. And I've always just kind of dealt with it. Yeah. Um, sometimes it needed a little double pump with the pedal in order to stop the truck, which obviously is not ideal. No. And now it works like a, I mean. It's like perfect. Like, it's like a goddamn sports car now. It's very so good. Yeah. No, it's the way it should. <laughs> yeah, no, it breaks really well. Because we've done now. It's all the hydraulics. It's all everything. Like the entire braking system is new. Yeah. From the master cylinder to the rear wheel, rear, rear wheel cylinder. Yeah. The only thing not new is the drums. No, the drums are no, new. No, the drums are new, too. The front discs we didn't replace. No. Because they were a pain in the ass. And they were okay enough. Yeah. They'll probably wear it to the first set of pads pretty quick. The auto hubs are really annoying to get off. Yes. It's a lot of work. So we left them on. But they're not, like, out of spec. They're just... They have some... Uh, they were rusty. Rusty ridges on them, but that'll, you know... You're just going to do some uh, on-road brake car lathe work. Yeah, exactly. We're just going to get it up to speed, which is, you know... 65, 70 in that truck and just slow it down and wear them in. It'll be fine. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. It stops really well. Like, it's a, it's amazing how it stops. It stops like a brand new car. Mm-hmm. So it's good. But as it should, because the entire braking system is brand new. It was actually a pretty uneventful day putting the brakes on, too. So we don't have, like, a lot to report because... No, it went exactly the way it was supposed to go. Way too smooth. Way too smooth. All the hardware came apart. The lines came apart. I think the only challenge was the calipers have a little like like a jumper lead of brake hose in them, like a metal line that goes from like one part in the caliper to another part in the caliper. It's a little like S bend of metal line. Yeah, and that was stuck on the right caliper. That was it. Oh yeah, that's where uh, my we dad had get, we had to get the fire out. Yeah, my dad went at it with the torch while we were doing other stuff. Right, and it came off eventually. Yeah, so thankfully. Because we didn't need to reuse the caliper, so it didn't matter if you heated it up. Yep. Ruin yeah, the seals never, obviously it. never reheat a caliper you plan never heat a caliper you plan on using because it will ruin the rubber yeah. inside. But yeah. this was a junk by far caliper, which I don't think I ever posted the picture of how rusty they were. So it was like, yeah, because it got like hot enough that the brake fluid was steaming and coming out of the line. <laughs> it was like firing out of the line. It was yeah. pretty funny. So it was probably all the water was in it boiling off too. So. Uh, yeah, other than that, everything else came apart. Oh, you know what was kind of annoying was the the split brake hose. Yep. So there's a hose that's about six inches that goes from the caliper to like halfway up the strut. Or not the strut, but the Goes to the spring. upper control arm. Yeah. And then there's another one that goes from the control arm into the body. Yeah. So, and each of those is held on with this annoying little metal clip. So. Well, and then they're thread through a bracket. 
that the hole is closed, so you can't slide it in and then put the clip in. Correct. And you can't put it through and bolt the two hoses together because the slot that they go through is slotted to hold it in place. Yeah. So it was. It took a little creative engineering with zip ties to hold things out of the way. And then uh, both of us fighting for it for a while. And then I think you finally got it on both sides, actually. Yeah, I figured out the puzzle. Yeah, I did not figure out the puzzle. It was like, what do they call it, that, that box you had to get apart? It was like the the two nails that are like bent together. The interlocked nails, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You uh, turn them the right way. Yep. And then I did... So we talked about I had the scarlet letter R on my Montero. Oh, that's right, too, the safety rejection. Yeah. So it turns out I put it on the lift, and the lower ball joints were not worn out. I was like, hmm. That was the... That was what the repair shop... failed, the, correct? That's what they told me. Yeah. And just checking it, I jacked it up on the ground, and I was like, yeah, that feels like the ball joints, because it was only in the bottom part. And then okay. I put it on an actual two-post lift and started moving the wheel around, and I could see that the brake rotor was moving. I go, oh, okay. Okay. So the wheel bearing preload was off. Except you would see the brake rotor moving. Yeah. The ball joint was gone too, though. Nope. Ball, I could look at the ball joint. I did it from underneath the car. So okay. I did it from the ball joint side. So I was pushing on the tire from the... I'm standing under the engine, pushing on the tire. Oh, so you could see it moving with the ball joint not moving. Yes. Okay. I get you. Because yeah. I'm saying the wheel and the brake rotor would move simultaneously no matter what's worn out. Yeah, that's why I was confused by your statement. No, I could see it. Um, so those are those had too much; they were out of spec. Okay. So it, too much play. Too much play, because you can't. It's not like a front-wheel drive car that has a solid pressed-in hub. Yeah, it's, or a sealed bearing. Yeah, it's yeah. an old-school style with the two tapered roller bearings. Yeah, roller bearing and a race. on a spindle. Yeah. So you have to set the tension, which has a there's a procedure mm-hmm. to do that. And then once you set it... Did you take it apart and re-grease them and then set them? No, nope, kinda... they had plenty of grease in them. They okay. weren't making any noise or anything, so they're fine. Okay. They just needed to be reset. Yeah, I remember I had to do that on, I think, my 84 Cressida. Yeah. Had that same issue where they failed it for a bearing. I tightened the bearing up, and it was fine. Yeah, if you over-tighten them, it won't spin. Right. And if they're too loose, they have too much play. Mm-hmm. So there's a sweet spot that you follow in the factory service manual to set it. Because that way, once it heats up with friction, it doesn't seize up either. Correct. Um, and then you don't prematurely wear out the bearings. Which is common if somebody who doesn't know what they're doing does those kinds of bearings. They over-tighten them. Yes. They're, they're, they're more often over-tightened than not tightened. It is an old-fashioned st- setup that's not commonly used anymore. Right. So also, people don't know how to check for them, to inspect them. But most rear-wheel drive vehicles, even through the early 90s, have that setup. Right. So... And the early 90s was 30 20, years ago. 20 so. years ago. So, yeah, almost 30 years ago, yeah. So, yeah, the majority of cars that around here that are still being driven and inspected are like 10 to 15 years old. Right, and they, they have, bolt, have bolt-on yeah. hub bearing assemblies. Yeah. Um, do you remember, actually, it was a very similar story maybe, I'd say, six or seven years ago with the Mirage? Maybe even more than that. It might have been like 10 years ago where we went to the inspection station and they failed it for there being... Uh, bad ball joints and they gave us the red R and we brought it back to the shop to the garage and lifted it up in the air and the ball joints were fine and it was just they heard it making weird creaking noises so I thought the ball joints were bad and it wound up being rocks in the spring seat from Rallycross I don't remember that part 
So I remember it getting a red R, but I don't remember that was what it was for. That was what it was for. It was for ball joints. They said the ball joints were bad, and the reason they said they were bad because they were making noise, which obviously isn't what you know a symptom of ball joints normally yeah. isn't they're making noise. Um, but that was the day we used my because it was the night before rallycross, and we're like, well, if the ball joints are bad, we're not going to go to a rallycross in it. And we went out. Because at night. one point I did put new lower control arms with ball joints in that car too. That was after the fact. That was way after the fact. Because that was the night that we went out in, um, I would say... We went out to Salem. Yeah, we were upset that it didn't... That so it, we are just going to go out and have a Friday night. Right, so we went out and had our Friday night, and then... And then we were at the diner. Like the 2 a.m. diner after being out all night, and we are like, you know what? Let's just take my Golf. Because I had the time, had a Mark IV GTI. And... We just didn't sleep. Yeah. And we drove out to the Rallycross and didn't do very well. And then drove home. <laughs> it, was, it was a good time. Did we? And then not we were do super, very well. I we didn't like do very I... well because remember it was wet grass, and I had like those continental all seasons, and it was pretty terrible. I feel like I still won. Uh, I don't think you did. <laughs> so we'll have to go back to the. Uh, I know we the got, I know we got for that event. Yeah, we'll have to. And I know we got five guys afterwards because they weren't around here at the time. Yeah, it was the first one they opened. And we were way here. down in Connecticut, and they had them because yeah. they're close to New York City, so we got some. Yes. It was really good. Anyway, tangent. But I remember coming back, and then, like, the next week, we you know, we jacked it up, checked the wheel bearings or the um, uh, ball joints, and we were like, what the hell? These things are fine. So, yeah, it was just one of being rocks in the suspension that they failed it for. Yep. So, yeah. anyway. so that that happens. Um, but truck's all set now. So. Good. Mm-hmm. That's good. It's good that it was something simple. Not that ball joints wouldn't have been simple either. But this was probably even more simple. I did take the time just to make sure, and I greased up the entire front end. Yeah, I like to do well. at least once a year, yeah. or Actually, at least every other oil change. I have to do the blue seventy-eight cold because the front end's creaking a little bit, so I got to yeah. figure out where it's where it's creaking. And that is something I miss on new cars: is grease fittings on stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice to be able to maintain them that way. Yeah, not just wait till they wear out and fall apart. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I need to grease the front end of the cold up. I know today when I was actually getting a coffee on the way to the Wednesday night car show. Um, it was echoing off the building in the drive-thru for a coffee, and I could hear it like, creak, 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 mm. when I turned the steering wheel. So, time to do something there. Mm. But that's a southwest car, so everything rubber get dry. So, it just needs to be cleaned up. Any other project cars we've worked on this week, Andrew? I think that was, oh, well, last Thursday... Because Jordan and Liz were getting ready to run a rally sprint in the Spaghetti Golf, mm-hmm. which is now on Instagram as Iron Oxide Racing. Oh, that's right, too. We should promote that. That's the rally team official name. Is it Iron Oxide Racing? Iron Oxide Racing. Okay. Yes, that's the Instagram account. All right. All one word, I think, to make yep. it work. Go like and follow it. Uh, but anyway, I went up there. It was, like, crazy hot. Like, we were just pouring sweat in his garage. We, this isn't that you were working on the car, unfortunately. Yeah, could not at make night. It. Like, yeah. I mean, heading up there at like 5 o'clock, it was well over 100. It felt like. But I think it was. Yeah. It was like... It was pretty warm. It was mid to upper 90s, at least. But uh, uh, he needed... he had They had a huge list that they got through in like a week, which was really cool. Yeah, and I was very I, impressed. Yeah, and I was just helping out with like the final thing, and it was like... Because we had so much trouble bleeding the brakes in that car. We're going to bleed them one more time now that it's been, like, rally-crossed. Mm-hmm. And, like, hopefully all the stuff was, like, you know, 
shake the bubbles out to like the top part. Because I think what happened in the back of that car, the brake lines run and they're kind of looped up. You know, they're inside the body, so they don't get damaged. Mm -hmm. And they're looped up and then down and out. So technically, they have like a loop that's higher than the rear calipers. So it was hard to get air to where it belonged. Yeah. But a bunch of air came out of the rear ones, and then the front ones bled easy. Okay. And then the brakes felt real good. Okay, good. So there's probably no air left now. Yeah. We'll probably do it one more time before any FR, mm-hmm. just for good measure. But yeah, yeah. High, much higher speed braking there. Yeah, uh, we did try to use a power bleeder that Jordan borrowed from uh, Baker's Dozen mm-hmm. uh, Racing, and it was just just coincidence. Like he had it hooked up, and I was standing there, and he starts to pump it up, and then because brake fluid is so corrosive, it must have eaten the line, and it literally sprung this pinhole. I was like, uh, and he's like, what? I was like, it's 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 leaking. <laughs> Because I was, like, tired and hot, and it was, like, just started spraying brake fluid everywhere. Awful. <laughs> it was horrible. Just... <laughs> On the tool, it was brake... It's, it's front yeah. brake? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So, you you know, you pump it up to, like, 15 PSI, and then it just... Just everywhere. And it was, like, oh, God. So, that was when I was, like, all right, we're just... We're doing it the old school way, and we, we just went around, and yeah. I, I just Which pumped Which I usually up. think, I mean, honestly, is... If you had the right amount of people there... It's just easier if you have two people to do it. I mean, way. any car that's OEM set up a brake lines, you can pretty much gravity bleed the yeah. way it should work. Yeah. This car was just weird. So, um, but that got done. And uh, I'm trying to think what else we did real quick. But shifter assembly? That was way after. Yeah, but I mean, it happened since the last time we recorded now. Well, that happened. So while we're on that, uh, they went to a rally sprint. Yep, on we're only going to touch on briefly because yeah, they want to have them on and talk about it. Yeah. So we went up Sunday to Team O'Neill, our favorite local rally school. Uh, yeah, <laughs> because there's so many of them to choose from. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was crewing with them and a couple other friends, and uh, overall the car ran great in the morning, like perfect. Uh, oh, we also managed to tighten up the alternator belt. Oh, good. Like because that the, was an issue. Yeah, we we hulked it up and then tighten the bolts and it stayed tight. So car ran real great. They were happy. They went out for the afternoon. Uh, the first sign of trouble was they're backing out of the paddock spot and it wouldn't go in reverse. And we're like, hmm, whatever, push you out. Just put it in gear. Yep. You only need first and second. As the kids say, send it. Yeah. 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 Where are the stamps? Send it. Right. Um, then apparently they misjudged a corner and got a little stuck in a ditch and couldn't reverse out, but eventually got out. Oh, good. So sweep did sheer determination. Right yeah, there. they didn't have to get swept uh, by the sweep vehicle. Uh, they brought it back in, and it just like all of a sudden just wouldn't. It like lost all shifting ability. Okay. So, so, so they're at one end of the school, and. We are kind of like in the middle part, so we like walk down there, and they're like, "Well, we can't get into gear." It's like it, the shifter we did nothing; it was just like a mop in a bucket, nothing. Okay. So I went under the hood, and I was like, "Well, let me try to find first gear by moving the shifter around on the transmission." Right. Couldn't figure out where first gear was, but I managed to find reverse. So you reverse back to the back. He reversed. Jordan reversed the car all the way back up at the back. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was better than pushing it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 
Uh, or towing it. Yep. And then... Although I'm sure it's not easy to turn around in those seats and look out the back to back up that kind no. of distance. So we were... Cage. We were... Uh, we were looking at it, and you could definitely tell something was loose, and then a, a bunch of people were in Volkswagen and came over and like, well, I think your shifter rod broke. Like, all right. So we put up in the air and look. Sure enough, the shifter rod must have been rotted, and it just exploded in the middle. Okay. So that was not... So the shifter wasn't physically connected to the transmission at all. No. And it's just this hollow tube of metal. Okay. And it's right by the exhaust, so it probably gets baked. The paint gets baked off of it, and then it rotted, and yep. whatever, you get water inside of it. So a couple other Volkswagen people came over. We're like, how do we fix it? Like, uh, I think, you know, I was like, oh, well, if we can splint it, we could at least get it, like, kind of going and put it in gear and at least be able to move the car around. Uh, and then uh, Jesse came over, and uh, Jesse Witzel came over and he had yep. two like suspension bolts, like long suspension bolts with like a pinpoint on them. Mm-hmm. He's like, see if those will go inside of the pipes. So I go under there and I hammer them into each end of the pipes. So the, the head of the bolts was pointing out. Okay. So it's like the two bolts are meeting each other in the middle. Yep. Okay. So did a little docking station and we had our, uh... don't say that or <laughs> urban dictionary that. <laughs> so <laughs> then another competitor was kind enough to come over with their welder and got under there and welded the two pieces together. Oh, nice. And now it was all one solid piece, but it was out of adjustment because we basically added an inch. Yeah, so you couldn't you could find a gear, but you couldn't find a gear gracefully. Barely. So we got under there. I loosened up the clamp, slid the uh, shift rod back, and got it to go into first and second. Okay. Tightened it, and then it was hitting the transmission because it was like slid so far forward. Right. So somebody threw me a grinder cutoff wheel. Okay. Cut off the end of it, and it worked. <laughs> so you made it work. I like and they it. finished the day. They only lo- they only missed like two runs. That's not bad then. Yeah. I mean, it takes them out of contention, but I'm sure they were, you know. The point was to get seat time. Yes. And shake the car down before New England. Which is awesome rally. that that happened now instead of in New England. Exactly. Because we could fix it, get it taken care of, and now out of the middle, like miles, miles from service, right. not like a quarter of a mile. Right. A hundred so yards. That's why. That's why they ran the event because it was good to get a shakedown and. Get it at speed. Um, they already anything, went, it's going to break, it's going to break. They already went to the junkyard, got a better condition one, and it swapped in, I guess. Right. And apparently, come to find out, I'll spoil it a little bit, this car actually does have a five-speed in it. We talked about it months ago. Yeah, we thought it was a four-speed transmission. That's what they were told, four-speed diesel transmission. Yeah. But it seems to have been so out of adjustment, it's actually a five-speed like it's supposed you to be. You just couldn't find fifth gear. Yeah. Right. That's awful. It was, the shifter I, was real bad in that car. funny. No, I, I agree. Like, I never drove the car, but just sitting in the car and moving the shifter around, it was horrifying. Literally, mop in a bucket. Yeah, is, it was terrible. Is the term. I'm, I'm assuming it probably didn't feel much different when the shift rod actually broke than what it normally felt like. Yeah, it felt pretty close to being the same. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, they finished the day. It was awesome. Then a crazy thing happened. They went to put the car on the trailer. No ignition. I'm like, what? That's weird. I didn't hear this part. Super weird. So I was like, well, and I went over and I looked at that fuse box I added because I removed the fusible links that were in the wires. Okay. And I put actual blade fuses in mm-hmm. so that in case this happened, you, you could see it. You, and you wouldn't just have melted wires to right, replace. Right. Yeah, it just blew one of the fuses. That's weird. Just popped a new fuse in, car was fine. So we've made sure know. we have plenty of extra fuses with us in Maine. Yes. Okay. Um, I'll tell you this now because I'm thinking of it. And I don't know it's recorded, so 
whatever on the front brakes when you're doing service because I'm going to be doing media. Okay. Uh, they feel loose, but it's because the rotors are flopping around because the wheels aren't holding the rotors. To right, the hub. because they use the wheel knuckle, bolts, not studs. and the knuckle is yeah. also like the caliper bracket. Okay. So like the calipers actually flop a little bit on the slide bolts. Okay, so they come in and the wheels have fallen off. Just send them back out again. <laughs> well, don't over tighten <laughs> the caliper bolts and break them because I did tighten them a little bit the other day. Yep. But they're tight. They're tight. They're yeah. just, you want movement in those pins. That's all. Okay. I, thought I will remember that. Remembered. Yeah. Problem is, I'm not going to be doing service on Friday because I'm working, remember? Yeah. So you should probably tell somebody other than me. I will. Okay. But just so when they're... On Saturday, out. I'm totally down. But on Friday, I will not be there. They at least had Andy with them, other Andrew. Yes. Uh, he was there Sunday, so he knows most of the ins and outs of that car, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I know it's good to have enough people that... Have touched the car. We don't just rely on one or two people. It's good to have other hands, other mechanically inclined hands yeah. on the job. Yeah. So I mean, in the morning we brought it in, put it on the jack stand, set the wheels off, made sure everything was tight. Right. Put it back on. Everything was good. Excellent. Just sent it back out. I'm excited. I'm excited that they're doing New England Forest Rally with it. I'm yeah. excited that we're going to be part of that. Um, it's it's still kind of a surreal experience. Um, even though I'm not racing in the car, like we've been part of the going to the New England Forest Rally for so many years, yeah. And we have done service before for a competitor, but it's just it seems kind of surreal that somebody in our like little circle has like gone out and bought a rally car and did everything necessary to enter the event that we've been spectating for so long. Yep. So I uh, also while I was up there. Uh, one of our guests, Dan Downey, mm-hmm. works there as an instructor. Correct. And He's races a, there. And races there. And his E30 BMW. Yeah. He uh, he was actually co-driving. He was letting his normal co-driver, they switched. Right. Because he gets to drive those roads all the time. Yeah, so, exactly. So, so somebody else whatever. have fun. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he was out running his car, shaking it down for an England Forest rally. And, uh, but he has been messaging me, and we've posted pictures of it to the Instagram account. Mm-hmm. Uh, the owner, Tim O'Neill, purchased and they found and purchased back his original Glant VR4 that he raced and won the championship in in Correct. 91 and I think 92 maybe which is a Mitsubishi sponsored backed vehicle. Yes, and Mitsubishi apparently and HKS. Yeah, apparently it was the um one of the earliest cars they could get him to go rallying in. Right. The story goes that he like went to California and like picked it up off the boat pretty much, right? It, yeah, it, it definitely has the original in dash in it. It does yeah. not have a badge, so it was one of the cars that wasn't badged. Yep. Uh it's got a super low VIN number. Like yeah, it's like it's like zero 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 five 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 five. Yeah. Yeah. It's got an April ninety build date. Okay, so it's real early. It's real early. It For only the US cars anyway. Okay, so it's a rally car. It yeah. only has twenty three thousand miles on it. All on stage roads. All on stage roads. Well, except for the 3,000 miles when he drove it home from California to New Hampshire. Yeah. Other than that. And, I mean, the crazy thing is it's got it's got the 90s cage in it. It's got the original back seat is still in it. They just cut out for the cage to go around it. So okay. it's probably as... Maybe that was a rule at the time? Yeah, for production. And yeah. also acts as a firewall for the back. A, a fabric firewall? That doesn't seem like a very effective firewall. <laughs> That's what a seat does in an OEM car. Okay. Um. Yeah, it's like door panels are still in it. Like, yeah, it's a complete car. The only strange thing is the second owner uh didn't have 
use of his legs, so he converted it to an automatic. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a bummer right now. That's an automatic. Yeah, but it'll eventually be swapped back. And the reason they're leaving it as an automatic is kind of cool. Yeah, they. it sounds like they actually end up might leaving it for a while because they're going to use it for, uh, like, veterans appreciation and rides and yeah, stuff. Yeah, w- Wounded Warrior charity. Yeah. They're going to let them do, dri- do drives in it at the school. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's got modern seats in it, I noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're updating some things to use it. Yeah, and they've been doing maintenance on it. Dan's been sending me pictures and asked me questions and well a lot of the confusion has come from the fact that all of the factory electronics or a lot of them were removed from the car and everything was done with like aftermarket hks tuning bits the top of line hks from the 90s right so it's all piggybacked on top of factory stuff yeah but there's no like there's no general consensus or instruction manual anymore (laughs) for all this stuff and it was all wired at the time you know by the rallies by 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 tim o'neill's rally team so Gab struts, it's got a Gab strut bar, like Gab like rally struts. Yeah, really cool like, stuff that's like doesn't even exist. They anymore. don't exist. Yeah, don't exist. The strut bar is really cool. Mm-hmm. Love to get my hands on that. It's funny. It's got the stock wheels on it still. Yep, with rally tires. So yeah, I don't know what it ran in period. Probably not those. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'd look at pictures. I guess. Have you ever found pictures of it running in period? There must be out there. I did. I asked a guy that was taking photos at the time, and he did give me. He did post a couple pictures too. It is in SCCA. Oh, yeah, the uh, history his, page? Yeah, history page. Uh, Jerry Winkler, and he yeah. did post a couple pictures of it, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I'll have to go back and look at those. So I think it had like a five-spoke wheel on it. Yeah. It, it, probably, need... it probably had like the, uh, uh, was it an OZ wheel, or what was the factory-backed wheel? I think it was OZ. It was a it was Rally Art Magnesiums. Oh, I don't remember. But they were made by a major brand like OZ or somebody. I don't remember. I don't remember. Anyway, uh, bad information. I don't know for sure. They are looking for a hood for it, but it's got an extra hood. Okay. Because I don't. The hood is really beat up. Yeah, I have a trunk, not a hood. Yeah. <laughs> otherwise, I certainly would have donated that to the cause. Yeah. But it otherwise, it looks pretty good. It doesn't have... It's not rotted out because it has such low mileage, and it was in the Pacific Pacific Northwest for the last 20 years. Yeah, it was probably in a garage, honestly. It probably wasn't just sitting in somebody's backyard either. Yeah. So, it's pretty cool. It's awesome. Um, I still haven't seen it. You obviously got to see it, but yeah, I can't wait to see that car. That's a piece of rally history. And it's kind of cool because it was like two weeks ago we met the owner of the other factory-backed Mitsubishi cars, the one that was built by Vermont Sports Car. Yeah. We ran into him at a car show randomly. That uh, that was the one that was a uh, rally art transmission and rally art parts and like legit stuff from Japan, pretty awesome mm-hmm. stuff. So both those cars are now like within 100 miles of each other, which is pretty wild <laughs> to think all these years later. They're both here in the Northeast. Yeah, and I asked Dan, I was like, oh, I want to go see it. He's like, oh, yeah, it's parked over there. Just go just go look at it. <laughs> just yeah. Go, just go in cool. if you want. <laughs> and that kind of goes with the whole, like, the, the whole rally world is so much more accessible than most motorsports. Yeah. You know, and I was thinking about that the other day, going back to what I was just saying about it kind of being surreal that this thing we've been spectating for years is now like... Yeah were, you know, this much more involved in when I was watching and hearing about, like, the Travis Pastrana event last week where he did the, all the Evil Knievel jokes. I still haven't watched it. Regardless of whether you've watched it or not, it was a three-hour TV special. Like, crazy. And this is just a guy who we are going to be in the same pits with in two weeks. Yeah. Like, he's a 
major stars. He has his own TV shows. He had a three-hour special where he did Evil and Evil Jumps. And he's just like this totally accessible guy who's doing the same thing. Obviously on another level than us, mm-hmm. or than, than, than Jordan and Liz. But he's going to be in the same pits, the same paddocks, the same event. And it's just like, no big deal. He's there. It just It's kind of – it's such an accessible motorsport. And as a fan, you can get pretty far into – you know, just, just into it. Just yep. by just by showing up to the events. I mean, I won't. Wild. I won't take him seriously until he jumps the St. Lawrence River. I'm just well, saying. I mean, that, I mean. He, until he truly aims for the roses. Yeah, I agree, a hundred percent. He needs yeah. to rock a car a mile. But regardless, but you get what I'm saying. However, like, he does this, this guy who people like kids put this kid on a guy on a pedestal now. Yeah, and he's just involved in the same event that we're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. And it's just to me, it's kind of cool. Block will also be there with that Cosworth. I'm more excited about that, actually. Yeah. Because I like cars more than people, and uh, to see the Cosworth in action will be awesome. Cool. Yeah. And that, that's another thing, too, that goes with the whole accessibility thing. Um, Hoonigan. Yeah. Hoonigan Racing. Yeah. Ken Block's, you know, team and event and all that stuff. Yeah. He has this huge YouTube channel that has millions of followers, and... We're just gonna be kind of hanging out in the same paddock as them too. Like yep. it's just a weird, I don't know, kind of fanboy out a little bit, I guess. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So, uh, those are the, all the stuff I did in the events I did over the weekend. What did you do? Well, um, I went to car shows because I'm not as cool as you. Sorry. Hey, whatever. Yeah. Well, long story short, short story long. Um, I'm actually selling my house. Yeah. So I had to do stuff to prepare for realty pictures and whatnot. So I'm on a time crunch, and I couldn't uh, couldn't go couldn't commit to the whole weekend for rally stuff. Yeah. Unfortunately, so I did sneak out of the house a little bit to go to a cars and coffee event, which was the Seacoast Cars and Coffee event, and it was the first time that they've held it in a new location. So this is the one, I think we've talked about it before. Actually, I know we've talked about it before. It used to be in Portsmouth, New Hampshire at the Cinemagic Movie Theater. The problem was the car show had grown so large. Mm-hmm. You know, there were like 250 or 300 cars showing up that it was spilling out of the movie theater parking lot and into like the general strip mall where there were businesses that were open. Yeah. And people couldn't go to the businesses that were open because all the cars were for the car show, we're parked there. Yeah. It also helped this weekend that the weather was fantastic it on, was on Sunday. Like, it was hot, but it was perfect. It yeah. wasn't sticky. It was like yeah. low humidity. And it so was that awesome. brought everybody out too. So this is the first official, because it's a once-monthly event. It was the first Sunday of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, this month it was the second Sunday because the first Sunday was the holiday weekend, July 1st, but whatever. Um, the first event at the new location. It's at the Fox Run Mall in Newington, New Hampshire, which mm-hmm. is, you know, a couple miles down the road from Portsmouth. But they were over 600 cars. It, it blew away everybody's expectations, for sure. They definitely ran out of the coffee. Yep. Um, except for decaf. They had some decaf left. Yeah. Nobody drinks decaf. Um, and it was just, it was mind-boggling how many cars showed up and how many people showed up and what a spectacle it became. The event starts at 8 a.m. in the morning. Yep. Um, I got there at 8.01. And there were no parking spots in the main lot. That seems par for the course for Cars and Coffee. It just did not this event. It didn't used to be this way. Like, this is this is nuts. So, regardless, it was cool. Um, I'm glad I got to go. I'm glad I got to see it. I hope it continues to be 
around the same level because it can't get much bigger. I'll need another location. <laughs> in fact, a couple of people had joked about the fact that, you know, it's, it's, at, a, it's at a mall, a legitimate, like, you know, old style American mall, mm-hmm. that the parking lot hasn't been that full since 2002. <laughs> yeah. You're probably not wrong. <laughs> so That's it was, a, uh, it was a cool event. Yeah, you posted some pictures from it. I put a few pictures up, yeah, some of my highlights of the event. There was an international scout that we've seen before. Yeah, that we picked that up before as like one of our favorites. Yeah. Um, I think it was last fall. It was at the when it was at the Portsmouth location yeah. last fall, yeah. Uh, but I talked to the owner of that truck, so that was kind of neat. I yeah. talked to him before. Um, the stuff I didn't... Like a Primer Z. Yep, Z car with like a knockoff Watanabe's on it. Yep. Um, there was probably... And this is weird for the Northeast. I know some of like our Southwest listeners and California listeners are probably like, yeah, whatever. But there were like 15 Beatles, like air-cooled Beatles, huh. which is weird because we don't get that kind of Beatle crowd around here ever, unless you go to a specific Beatle event. Um, yeah, so they must all have gone together. They were parked randomly all over the parking lot in the oh. morning, and then they all kind of moved to one area together. Hmm. So it was kind of neat to see all those cars together. Um, so it was varied, like very varied. It was more varied than any cars and coffee I've been to before. All right. So you had everything from Beetles, air cool Beetles, to supercars. Yes, to Lamborghinis and whatnot. Nice. Um, really neat stuff. Um, and not like, I mean, there was probably groups of like the same car as usual, right? It wasn't bad. There was a big group of WRXs. That's part of the course in New England. And, and any cars and coffee, I think, anywhere, actually. Yeah. Um, but I think the way the parking worked out, it filled up so quick that the people couldn't park in the groups they wanted to, which cut down on some of that sameness-looking thing, and actually I preferred it. But, I mean, this is a Cars and Coffee, and Cars and Coffee around here traditionally is a younger crowd. Mm-hmm. This was not. This get was more Muscar people? This was everything. People are getting they were, into it. They were, prob- they were probably more British cars there than there were WRXs. Nice. Which was cool to see. They were two separate, not together, didn't even know each other. Um both the same style hot rod MGBs. They were both late model rubber bumper cars that had been backdated to chrome bumpers, and both of them had um, uh, small Buick V8s in them. Mm-hmm. Almost the same exact setup, one maroon, one green. It was just, it was a very interesting setup. There was a, um, motorcycles were there, which is bigger than normal. They had a whole section for motorcycles. I mean, multiple original minis, which usually you don't see more than one at an event around here. Mm-hmm. There are multiples. I mean, it was it was pretty neat. It was uh, it was cool. I also got to meet, um, you know, with one of the title sponsors now of the other Cars and Coffee in New Hampshire. Yeah. The um, um, Southern New Hampshire Cars and Coffee. Yes. Uh, and our co-sponsor is uh, New England Detail. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to meet the gentleman who runs that. Um, his name is Carson, and he's really cool. Um, and he actually will be a guest in the future, which I haven't okay. told you about yet. And we're going to have a de- special detailing episode where we're going to talk detail. People love detailing. People love detailing. And Carson does a really good job of it. Real high end, does real good high end work and regular detail stuff too. But um, all the coding. I think people get real stuff. nerdy about it, but change my mind. They do get real nerdy about it. But he's going to come on and tell us why they get real nerdy okay. about it. Because I know nothing about ceramic coatings. I know nothing about. All right. He told me about hydrating paint, and I don't know. This all sounds like snake oil. Changed my mind. Eggs. Don't. Listen. (laughs) Let him come on as a guest first before we start, you know. I disagree because I've seen the results. Okay. And it's really nice. Okay. Um, Another guy I know who has a detail shop showed me. In the garage, he had a half traditional wax and half 
ceramic coated hood and he did like the mud test like poured mud on one side and poured mud on the other and it was pretty wild okay so i mean yeah it's definitely snake it definitely seems like a snake oil salesman tactic but i watched him do it and it was pretty neat all right um regardless i think it's interesting and we're going to learn about a lot about it fair enough um after the event was over um one thing that i realized about the event in Portsmouth or now Newington, yeah, is that it's only like ten minutes away from one of my favorite breakfast joints, Friendly Toast. The Friendly Toast in Portsmouth. Actually, yeah. there's a couple of them in the area. If you're from the Northeast, I highly recommend you go to the Friendly Toast. It's a delicious restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, so me and oh, that's very improper grammar right there. But um, I went over there with uh, Carson from New England Detail and um, Maylin, who is the you know official. Head in charge of the Southern New Hampshire Cars and Coffee. We went over there, and uh, my 78 Colt and her 62 Mini Cooper um, had breakfast, and then took a long drive back down the seacoast through, like Rye, New Hampshire, along the on the water, and mm-hmm. it was a really uh, it was a really good day. Um, and the good thing about Cars and Coffee is that it's over early, and you can go home and do stuff you got to do. Yeah, I mean, there's a place for it. Like, yep. you know, uh, cruise night's cool because you can go after work during yep. the week. Yep. And then uh, and that's not... traditionally an older crowd. Yeah, I I think it's it's, it's bit... growing. There's a big section of like you know younger import and like Charger Challenger people. Yeah, it'll times. change. And, yeah. Um, but the cars and coffee is nice because on a weekend, like you I know, get... it's gonna change, Andrew. I get stuff to do. do so you, do you know why it's gonna change? Why is it gonna change? Because the crowd that's going is our contemporaries. Yeah, and we're getting older, so we're going to be the older crowd. That's right. <laughs> so it feels like it's changing, but it's yeah. really just kind of the same. We're just not the same anymore. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, no, I, I like cars. I like the format of cars and coffee because it's cool, and I can sit here and describe the different cars that were there all day long, and it's not, you know, it's not the best radio fodder, but it's uh, it's pretty neat. I know that, um, like Carson, he's talking to some of the supercar guys because he does again high-end detailing stuff mm-hmm. and he like met one of the lamborghini owners and the lamborghini owner handed him a card and he's like a big sports manager he's like gronkowski's manager and lamborghini he was driving used to belong to kylie irving like the basketball player like it was kind of cool to have that like you know i mean i'm not big into i don't get all i, I, get, I get more fanboyed about you know the things happening at the rally but it's still cool that that's Mm-hmm. It's just a it's, that, it's just a big scene. It's interesting, so I'm looking forward to going to more of those events. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a very it's it's a very uh, very well run event. All right. Well, without uh, rambling on too much, I think we'll, uh, we'll call that a night. Yeah. Yeah. A little shorter of an episode. Sorry, I'm not I'm a little under the weather, so be good to cut a little short tonight. It's only like 15 minutes shorter. Deal with it. Yeah. Sorry. Brad doesn't feel so good. As always, you can find us on the Instagrams, Auto Off Topic, myself, Race and Anger. Brad is TSI SS350. Yes, I am. And uh, of course, check out Iron Oxide Racing. Yes, I, I would like followers. to promote a few Instagram pages. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because we have um, Iron Oxide Racing for sure. Yep. Uh, and also the Cars and Coffee that we're now a title sponsor of. They have um, one now. I noticed we that. We now just opened a Instagram page there, which is just uh, SNH. Um, Southern New Hampshire. Southern SNH. New Hampshire. And I'm, I'm going to look it up. Okay, so it is SNH Cars and Coffee. Okay. 
So that page just opened, and we're, uh, there'll be more and more pictures put up there as time goes on. Obviously, there's not much yet. Um, and also our fellow sponsor of the event, so it's us and Detail New England, uh, and his page is just that, all one word, Detail New England. All right. So, Cool. You can like and follow us on Facebook, Auto Off Topic Podcast. Uh, you can email us, questions, comments, complaints, autooftopic at gmail.com. And, of course, Auto Off Topic on YouTube. We'll be adding more content. Yes. I'm working on that. Yeah, for sure. We've got a uh, gas tank skid from Adventure Driven Design. Yep, we can put that on. That is going to go on my Montero for all the uh, mall crawling I do. I don't want to get damaged the gas tank. Absolutely not. Um, you don't want somebody to run up to your car and drill a hole in your tank and steal your gas. Yeah. So you better put a metal detector Stainless on. steel. They will dull those drill bits. <laughs> um, so, yeah. As always, keep your cars analog and aim for the roses.